All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It. Cut To It. Let's get down to it. Cut To It. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. We got on the podcast, Jonathan Stewart, man. Welcome. Welcome to the Cut To It podcast. I kind of like this. Yeah, cut to it. You've been doing a lot of good stuff, man. I appreciate it. You listen? Yeah. I think a lot of the former teammates listen, and they, and they also had an opinion, like, why he ain't going to have me on? Nah. Yeah, you liar. I said, I know that I lie. Nah. I, I've been, I've been, I just, <laughs> no, I'm talking about some of the other people. Oh. I'm I mean, going to have them on. Yeah. I just strategic, don't, man. I just don't want to flood the Panther market. Yeah, because then right? it's easy. Right? Yeah, and then it's like, oh, and then I'll be considered a homer. Right. So I, I got to just... I, Got to switch it Gotta up. Have the flow, man. Yes. You, 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 you're very resourceful. Brother. I try to be. I try to be. Take us down that road of football because a lot of people don't know 
you being the 13th overall pick by the Carolina Panthers, drafted and injured, had surgery prior to the draft. Now, the Panthers had some insight because the guy that did your foot, world-renowned Bob Anderson, who does most guys' feet, Mm -hmm. they knew the recovery time, or they thought they knew the recovery time. Right. But yet, just like anything else, that surgery – for some people, takes X amount of time. For you particularly, how long did it take you after your surgery for you to feel right, comfortable enough to become the player you ended up becoming? Because people don't know, drafted in April, when did you have your surgery? March. March, right before the draft, you didn't become Jonathan Stewart until when? I mean, I didn't have no time. I had from March till the third preseason game of my rookie year. March, so April, well, actually, April, May, June, July, August. They put you in September, October, so probably about December when you were, and now the weather's changed, where Mm -hmm. you were expected to start impacting your team as a top 15 pick. Mm Mm-hmm. So how did you feel getting in the game? March of 2008, I was having surgery before my birthday, my 21st birthday. And I was in Eugene, Oregon, and I was hearing ESPN telling folks that I was a drifter and I have a foot injury and I shouldn't be a top pick and all these things and I've already committed to go for the draft early as a junior and so you're hearing all these things for the first time about what you're not mm. when you've been told what you are what you are what you, you know could for be. The, what you could be for the recent time up until you got injured mm. right and um you know it was tough you know mentally not really sure what to expect where I'm gonna land and all that and you know I went to pro day and when I was at the pro day, um, now you had pro day not being that able- pro day, yeah, yeah. Pro you had pro day knowing you cannot perform because right. of your foot. But I had com, I had the combine and then pro day, but I didn't have anyone talk to me at pro day or anything like that. But I did have my combine, which Doug Williams, he was there. He in was the hall. With, was he with the Redskins or Tampa Bay at the time? I Probably think he Tampa was with Bay. Tampa. He was with Tampa Bay at that time. And so I saw him in passing in the hallway. And he had recognized me, and it kind of threw me off. I was like, dang, that's the Doug Williams. Doug Williams. I get that. Every time I too. I'm like, Doug yeah, knows like, man. He, he knows who I am. But it's more of, I know Doug. Yeah. But he hit me. He, he put me to the side, and he had must have heard about my situation from the training and all that stuff being there, that I wasn't going to run because I had my toe injury. And what, he's, had, what was the toe injury? So I had turf toe. Yes. Why so, is turf toe such a big issue? Because you have to, as a running back, you have to be able to balance on one foot. You got to be able to make cuts. On so you, so your big toe is just hurting. No, big toe ain't working. It's swollen. It's jammed mm. up. Ligaments torn. Mm. All kind of stuff, right? Bones, so tough kind of placement. Turf toe is not like oh, I, I hit my foot on a coffee table. No, nah. uh, trying to trying to you know get the remote. Right. Turf toe is. Pretty much taking your thumb, yes, and just having someone just 
smashing <laughs> a bunch of times, I guess. And so, and and so now where your knuckle is, and where you, you know all of that, everything in between your knuckle and your fingernail mm-hmm. is pretty much Swiss cheese, right? Ooh, and swole, buff. Yeah, without your big toe, man. Like, listen, your calves, your hamstrings, your your lower back. That right, that big toe is. Activating all that. It, te- it, it <laughs> that's crazy. It makes you lopsided. Right. Everything mm-hmm. gets compensate, right? And then you compensate. And then, you compensate, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. that all and then you compensate because now your left side has all of the work. And it's now doing the work of the left side and doing the work of the right side. So it compensates and now the left side gets overworked and it potentially start causes a strain. So now you gotta Muscle strain on your left side. You got a non-firing right side. Man, you you up you up a creek without a paddle. Right. Which is what which is eventually what I started you know experiencing overcompensating for my toe. Um, but going back, combine Doug Williams passing in the hallway. He said, "Listen, if you fast, you gonna run fast, no matter what." Go out there and run. I don't care. I said, all right. So <laughs> I called my agent. I said, look, I, I called, I, I saw Doug run. He said, go out there and run. <laughs> so Doug trumped the agent. <laughs> well, my agent was like, well, if you feel comfortable, yeah, run. I'm like, all right. So I went out there and ran. And What'd you run? I, I did the vertical jump. What'd you run? I ran a four, four, six. Hmm. So on that, on the, Jam on a turf toe. Yeah. Turf toe. I was running on the side of my foot. And then I did the vertical oh. jump. And I, th- I think it was like 37 and a half. Jammed foot. on a turf toe. Yep. And so what what I realized though is Doug was really telling me, if you were a dog, you were a dog. <laughs> Go out there and eat. Like no. this is your opportunity. And so I think that helped me in the long run. Absolutely. For me people fell just, in love with him. For me to go through what go through injury and to show what I have. I'm a firm believer in whatever you're going through, God's prepping you, right? And so, like, I'm hurt. I've been hurt. I've gotten through it. I've been healed and all those things. So I'm not going to spend time, you know, focusing on what people are telling me that I'm not. Hmm. I'm going to take that, you know, that advice that I got from Doug Williams and prove to people what I am. Even though I am hurt, I'm still a dog. So just let me get healthy. Right. And so that was my mindset during the combine. Pro day comes around at Oregon. I'm not even in the vicinity. I'm not even asked to come there. It felt weird. Like, like I was just almost kind of like forgotten. Right. And then the Panthers take me off site to a hotel and I have a meeting with the scout scouting department. I didn't think nothing of it. Don Gregory. Besides one team that I didn't even meet at the combine. Well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Took me to the side and yeah, whatever. Like they checked on my my, you know, if I was re- rehabbing and all that kind of stuff. Um draft comes around, sure enough, Carolina Panthers called me. And I'm drafted. Go to OTAs, 
I didn't even go to like a ceremony or jersey hanging or anything like that. But because of my upbringing and the simple mindset that I had, my expectations were here. Okay. From receiving anything. But I knew I had to work for whenever my time was come, whenever I was able to get on the field, I had to be ready. And so OTAs, I show up. Now I remember John Beeson, he was coming off of a surgery and all those types of things. Like he had like a, a shoulder surgery or something. And you know, and because and obviously I looked up, you know, players on the team and who was who, and I Hold just remember you looked up guys. Yeah, dang, I was a dummy. I never looked up nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I just learned something. <laughs> but it was my. But I was excited. I knew I was coming to play football with Steve Smith, Julius Peppers. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, okay, this was up. And so, John, but seeing John in his situation, it kind of like took a little bit of pressure off me knowing that here's a guy that was drafted first round that's hurt. Mm. He's rehabbing. This is how this thing goes. This is their off season. I have a little bit of time. I don't, I'm not immediately needed. <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, so I go back to college after OTAs, finish up what I got to do there. Well, you had to rehabbing. as well. Cause in the league, yeah, you're not, Allowed to participate with the team, yeah, out of college if your school is in the quarter system, is still in in session, yeah. So I had the same thing, and so go back, and then I'm rehabbing, um, working out. I get back to train, and then it's June. Rookies had to report early, so I reported, stayed in the Holiday Inn, and all that stuff or whatever training camp, and then I was finally ready to practice, and so. Defense was licking their chops. <laughs> Thomas Davis. I remember getting hit in the backfield immediately. I thought that it was a A-gap blitz from TD. He came off the edge. So that's how quick I got hit. I mm. thought it was from the middle. He came off the edge. And so I was like, okay, this football thing is really fast <laughs> in the NFL. And they can hit. And I'm pissed off right now. And the very next play, D'Angelo was supposed to come in and skip. I looked at Skip. I was like mad. And he said, yeah, stay in there. And the very next play, I, I just went crazy and started stiff farming people. And just that's kind of how that went. Wow. Hmm. And then so throughout training camp, you know, like watching how things were going and all that stuff with, you know, the team. I started getting acclimated to the team, you know, and then preseason's going by, missed the first preseason game, missed the, sec the, the second preseason game. The third preseason game, I think we played Philly. In Philly, I got in there on the very last drive. I got a carry. I got like a draw, and it was just like in practice with TD. <laughs> I got hit immediately, and then Skip took me out. He said, no, get out. And I say that because it takes the right people, mm -hmm. right? And you I call, be, I'll, you I'll call, be coachable too. Yeah. <laughs> and I call that like a grace moment for myself by having a coach that understood the situation. I'm in there with the third string line 
The following game, we played the Washington, the Washington Redskins. The, the, Washington, the Washington football, football team. team. Oh, well, back then it was a fo- <laughs> it was the Redskins. That's when things started to get real for me, right? Okay. And slowing down a little bit. Like I remember, like pregame, I remember seeing Sean Springs. He was still playing. I'm like, man, he's still playing. He's so old. Like, yeah. you know, Jason Taylor, yeah. DN. Um, he was stealing back then. Yeah. <laughs> he admitted it. You got to yeah. see his uh, football life. He admitted it. So I'm not, I'm not talking. When he was with Washington, he said he was stealing. Yeah. So, but, um, and so then I had a, I had a outside, you know, zone play drawn up, followed Brad Hoover. Hoover. And took it down the sideline, mm-hmm. scored, and it felt easy. And mm-hmm. I'm not easy like, like cloud, you know, like, like it whatever. Was, but yeah. it, it felt just like it felt like what, you, like felt I, like what you knew. It felt like what I knew. Yeah. It felt like I was in a zone. It felt like I belonged where I was. No questions and anymore. And Smitty was the first person in the end zone. Picked me up. I'm like, wow, this man is strong. <laughs> <laughs> right, but obese on the, on the charts. <laughs> He was, he was obese on the chart. Did you regret it when you were like, geez, I'm committed. Right. I'm in the thing now. I'm committed. Jump. Jump for me. But it was just like one of those moments where I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Right? And then, but it still didn't really, con- like, I still I'm, didn't I'm gonna stop really you connect. Though. What do you mean you belong? How does a guy who's drafted Thirteenth overall, yeah, first round pick, first round pick, all out at work. You got, according to our listeners, you got, you're getting paid a king's ransom to play a child's game, and you're telling me after scoring a touchdown, it took a touchdown, not being drafted, not flying New York, not getting fitted for a suit, not getting put on first class from Washington all the way to Charlotte, not being picked up, not getting your locker, not signing your Nike contract, not. Getting pick your jersey, not them fitting your helmet in your head, not for you eating in the cafeteria and and uh, Julius Peppers walks past you. Not any of that made you feel like you belong until you hit a touchdown. Right? How? I mean, my expectations, right? You know, my expectations weren't settling for getting the helmet mm. or getting a jersey. You know. I remember you firsthand. Your jersey going to be replaced unless you do something great. Mm. Right? So my expectations was I want to prove to myself that I belong here because I just came from a road of recovery and a lot of, you know, side questions Mm -hmm. as far as, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be ready? Mm. And all these things. And now I had an opportunity where I was successful mm. in the beginning stages of me feeling like I belong. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then everything else added to it. Like, I mean, that was the beginning stage. Mm. I would say Monday Night Football, my rookie year. Was the moment we we played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday Night Football Mm -hmm. home game, and that was the moment where it clicked for me. Yeah, that's when when me and me and D'Angelo went ham. No, no, no. That was uh, I. That was I left. My grandpa had passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, I was like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That was right after Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. So and that's a, that's just amazing, right? Like the 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 realness of what actually transpires behind the lens, right? Yeah. Of what people go through. Like we out here performing and doing all these things and living our dream and, and real life and happening. real life is happening. How do you keep football the focus then? My injuries is what kept me focused. Because if it was, if it wasn't for me not feeling great in the mornings, or feeling great for practice, or feeling great in the morning of the game, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had that focus to maintain and to get to the point to where I can actually perform. Yeah. And so, me being injured required me to focus on my injury. What does this mean that I can't move my ankle the way I used to, <laughs> you know, what do I need to do, yeah. right? And not getting the answers right up front and having to search and having to wait and having to to figure it out. And be played mind games by the staff at times. Right. Because that's just how football that's is. That's how it works. Like, it, it, it pretty much stimulated me to just say, okay, I have this thing that I've been blessed with. How can how am I supposed to be the steward of this, mm. right? Mm. And, and and so you look at my rookie year, you know I went through what I went through, bounce back, whatever, get on the playing field, start zone, start getting in the zone, get an ankle injury. Oh man, how am I supposed to recover from this? Whatever. So it's just a continuous, you know, time of just being stimulated by injury, knowing that I have to be on the field. So my mind was, I want to go and play music. I want to go home and just veg out and play video games. I want to go and hang out and enjoy the fruits of, you know, the the labor that I've been, you know, having. Yeah. Right? I think year three, it all clicked in the sense of mind, Body, spirit. Okay. Right? It's three things. Everybody talks about it. But for me, like, if my body wasn't where it needed to be, that means spiritually and mentally, I needed to be on my A game. Because if my spiritual sense wasn't right, I ain't got no... Everything's I'm, up, I'm up a creek without a pop. Yeah. Right? Mentally... I got to be where, wherever I am mentally. If I'm not there spiritually, my mentals are going to be so, on a whole different path. So how did you get there then? You have to put in the work. Hmm. Just like you train your body, you work out. Just like you want to be the best football player, you go out there and catch balls and you run and you do your agility cuts and all that, right? Mentally, right? You have to stay sharp. So how do, what do you what do you do what are you doing to to stay sharp to so, where you're so not feeling you, the pressures what did you do to of stay not sharp? knowing what did you do you study you, stu- you study so, what so whenever you study your opponents you go through your when I'm not practicing right when I'm not not, not able taking a dig to, at you but that was a lot no but <laughs> but whenever whenever you're not doing what you are what you feel like you're supposed to be doing you got to mentally grasp that mm. right 
So you got to envision yourself doing that thing. So playing football, I'm not playing football. I need to visualize that and stay on the game plans and stay in the classroom and actually take notes like I'm taking notes for the first time about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We played them the first time, but I'm, I know exactly who's who, but I still got to take notes and put things down and jot them down so did, as if this as, as if it's the first time me seeing it and experiencing it so that way I stay fresh and still I stay sharp because part of the mental thing is oh, I ain't got it no more I probably ain't going to be able to have it when I'm back or am I going to be ready you know the un, being uncertain because you haven't been on the football field for a couple of weeks now so are you telling me as you are processing getting ready on the field you're also honing in and learning how you learn. Right. How you can consume information and hold it and it be part of making you good at your craft. Right. I love Cut To It and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And... You can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. CutToItPodcast.com If you're looking for the most epic place on earth Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall Then trek through the thick jungle Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop Then once you get there, keep going Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes And a Nissan Pathfinder The search is the real adventure Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got Arian Foster, a four-time Pro Bowl running back for the Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins. He was first-team All-Pro in 2010, and he holds the Houston Texans franchise records in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Where are you living these days? I'm still out in Houston, man. Uh, I got all my babies out there, so um, until they uh, they you know, are out on their own and experiencing the world. I'm going to be there. I got a foot in there at least. All right. How has life been for you for the last 18 months? Oh, man. Well, split with my lady. And I think that was like one of the first times where I really experienced heartbreak. Mm Because before I think I had been – I don't want to say a womanizer, man, but like I played the game a lot, right? And so this is the first time where I was really like invested in uh, a family like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, long story short, um, yeah, experienced some heartbreak to where it was like really transformative and it kind of changed the way that I viewed things, kind of changed the way I looked at myself. And, um, you know, in the midst of it, just kind of figuring out um, uh, forgiveness and trying to meet people where they at instead of where I expect them to be. And that, that's, that's been really helpful. Hmm. So we always started off this way. I love ask, asking it this way. You know, where are you from in the place you call your hometown? Grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, went to high school in San Diego, so I kind of rep both. Uh, both kind of rep me. So uh, I call both home. Okay. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> How would you describe your childhood? <laughs> uh, chaotic, but um, but fun. It's chaotic. Elaborate on that if you if you if you dare to. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up. I mean, it's not a story nobody's heard before. But I grew up in a domestically violent household. Uh, grew up in poverty, um, and so kind of navigating those waters and and trying to um, hold on to a dream you have as a kid. It gets uh, you know it, it gets dramatic <laughs> there's just a lot a lot of moving pieces um a lot of emotional baggage you have to work through uh, in your latter years that that you were unable to 
Um, and then, you know, the family dynamic that comes with that as well as being a breadwinner in your family from somebody from first generation wealth to being able to manage all of those relationships and, and the expectations that come with that um, friendship. So, uh, yeah. Man, I read something that my, my, my research team gave me, that, which was really good. And, and I want to park on it. Um, you were raised in an Islamic household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my father was Muslim. Um, uh, I believe he was raised uh, Catholic, um, but whoa, whoa, during whoa, his whoa, life, whoa, yeah. whoa. You, you can't just say that casually and then scoot over it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to die. Well, well, so, 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 so when, I, when I say when I say Muslim in the house I grew up in, it was it's not the like traditional Eastern Muslim, right? It's more so the uh, Americanized. Um, FOI, Fruit of Islam, Minister Farrakhan. Like mm. it was that sect of Islam that I grew up underneath, um, which is basically the same thing, except that they are a little more um, politically active and politically motivated. Mm-hmm. So, th- like in order in order to 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 be in the FOI, like you have to have a very good foundation, and you have to understand your Black history. You have to understand uh, your Bible. You have to understand your Quran. And I think uh, growing up in that household, which obviously I'm not a Muslim anymore, but uh, growing up in that household, it allowed me to um, get a, a good root foundation of religion mm-hmm. in general. Because I think if you're if you're born in a, from my experience anyway, but if you're born in a Christian uh, home, if you're born in a Catholic home, I grew up around a lot of Christians and Catholics. Uh, th- they're not really necessarily interested in other religions. Um, but when you grow up in that household that I grew up in, we are. And it's it's more so to understand. It's also uh, the intersect, right? So, uh, not to get too deep into it, but you can get and, as deep as you want, Paul. So. I bet, I, uh, <laughs> Whoa, uh, Jesus in in a Christian mm-hmm. um, belief is the last prophet before yep. God is supposed to have come back. In Islam, uh, Muhammad is that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Jesus was a prophet in 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 islam and so they view and love jesus like a prophet but they just don't view him as divine like christians do Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of healthy respect and love for a lot of the teachings that jesus brought uh from the perspective of uh a muslim Mm -hmm. and so uh like i said growing up in that household um it allowed me to kind of get excuse me allowed me to get kind of a a baseline understanding of of the world religions the major world religions Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I navigated my uh, theological belief system was kind of trying to understand it all. Um, and I mean, that journey took me to an entirely different place. But I think the root of it was 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 necessary in not being pigeonholed into this is the truth because we say it's the truth. And and anything else you're going against the family, you're going to get that's the, that's kind of what I ran up into when I went to college, when you go to college. Um, this was like pre-internet days, real internet days. Right? There was internet, but it wasn't like it is today. But this is this is when, where you were from, like that was the culture there. Like yeah. now, the cultures are kind of melding together. Some of, of them, internet. some some, yeah. some of the cultures, or who who allows them, who if yeah. you allow them to, to to melt together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a whole other conversation. But um, uh, so, so let me let me, to, let me let me ask you this then, because. Go ahead. What's funny is, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you and hearing you talk, I can also see, you know, you were always considered a guy who 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 thought 
well beyond his years. You're always thinking. You were a thinker. And by the time you were, what, 15, 16 years old, you had the ability to have a complete, well-rounded education of black history, a complete education of uh, the Muslim uh, culture, and then also, obviously, other cultures as well. You're living in um, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. That that in itself is a uh, unique dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can imagine filling out a place and being and and, and sticking out uh, would be an understatement. Yeah, that's kind of been my experience everywhere I went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. And there wasn't anything uh, purposefully. No, done. you I couldn't. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. It uses word. It's happenstance. Yeah, and I was going to ask, yeah. do you do you run from that or do you embrace it? Well, I used to run from it. I think when you're a kid and you're kind of developing who you are as an individual, and, you know, you, you, your people can tell you, you know, be yourself all you want to. Mm-hmm. But still, there's that social pressure to to fit in. You want to have friends. You want to mm-hmm. have you want to have ladies. You want you know what I mean? And so. Yeah. I think when you're younger, it's viewed as a liability to your personality. But as you grow, what you start to learn is it's a it's an asset, yeah. and and you use it as so. And so mm-hmm. I never, I never, I don't like growing now. I'm too, I'm grown now. Like I don't give a shit. But like, <laughs> when you when you're growing up, like it's it's harder to, mm-hmm. like like when everybody around you is Christian, like everybody around you is Christian, and you're Muslim. It's like that that dude's a weirdo, and it's mm-hmm. like you have to defend that without yeah. even. Uh, it's it's not you're not the aggressor, but you have to defend it, you know, or else or else it's just constant. It's a constant barrage. Mm-hmm. On, on top of that, where I grew up around predominantly um, my earlier years, I grew up around a lot of like Mexicans, a lot of Mexicans. So you the outcast in that sense where you're black, and so you got to defend your blackness to to, mm-hmm. to all these Mexicans, right? And then you get around the the brothers and sisters at that age. You have you almost right? too black. No, no, you have. <laughs> So my mother, my mother, my mother was Mexican, right? So, okay. Oh, so man. I grew up. So I, so I grew up. So I was like, nah, nah, nah. Well, see, that's that's the type of shit they used to say. Like, but uh, but now, nah, so so then you're not you're not black enough, right? Yeah. And, and so and so it's always fighting that dynamic socially until one day I just realized like fuck these people, like I don't like fuck these people, couldn't care less. And and that 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 in itself is attractive when you're unapologetically yourself. That's that's when people come and say, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just a, a life lesson you have to you have to go through to learn. I asked my wife because my wife is uh, my wife's from Utah. She grew up Mormon, um, but she's obviously married to me with four kids, so she ain't Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked her a question to ask you, just based on being raised one way and living and experiencing life another way. And so, uh, so shout out to Angie of, of giving me this great question. I can't, I can't take credit for it. Um, but she said, uh, as you've gotten older, have you recognized any patterns or ideologies that were passed down from you, to you from your uh, young age that you catch yourself having to correct now that you're older? That's actually a great question. Um, I, 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 I married up, so that's why. That's why. Congratulations. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but um, the reason why it's a great question because it, it's not necessarily applicable to me. Yeah. But I see it everywhere I go. Right. So my mother, for instance, like she was raised Catholic, and she was she would probably consider herself agnostic now. 
Mm. Um, I don't want to misquote moms, but uh, but she was like super raised Catholic, like back. She, I think she was born in '59, so like when like used to do something at the you know hey, wrong hey, in school, hold on, and the no. teachers used to slap you with the rules and shit. You, huh? Hold on, you, you can't be telling your mom year <laughs> when she was born, bro. She gonna run this like back. She, hey, she she owned it, man. So I, I know mom, she owned it, but she don't want you owning it for her, uh, though. <laughs> put moms on front. You say, mom, apologize. You <laughs> <laughs> was born. You was, was born in '89, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um. But yeah, so she grew up in like in like in a Catholic mm. system where like they used to like hit them, they, like they had permission to hit the kids, yeah. and, like that. and so like she has residual uh, because she's not a believer anymore in that sense. Um, she's unsure about the higher power thing, but she's like uh, she has residual like man, I'm afraid of hell. Like she's super afraid of hell. Mm. Like and so like sometimes she says it's like, guilt, uh, and we always you know we always we always joke about it. But the one gift that I, I I'm extremely grateful that my parents gave me and I always tell people this all the time is they they gave us the freedom to be ourselves. Mm. They gave us a foundation of religion. Like this is what we believe is the truth. But like you're your own person. Go find it. If it brings you back to what we believe in, mm-hmm. that's amazing. If it doesn't, that's also amazing. Be who you are. And they gave us a foundation um, and they taught us how to think and not what to think. Mm. And that was the that was the gym that my parents gave me. And they they gave me the freedom to explore without feeling um shackled by by their belief system oh man sometimes i back in my childhood i used to, i never experienced that because i never had to go through it. it's like we're praying if you want to join us join us like this is how we pray this is what we believe in and for years I, this is what i believed until you know I, I i found my own path and my own journey but um i was very grateful for my parents because they they never looked at me differently throughout my journey at the end of my theological journey to this day, they just like, as long as you're happy, man, that's, that's all you know, we that, so that was the gem that they gave me. To me, that's, that is the goal, the life mm-hmm. goal of a parent. Yeah. You as a father, you as a mother, your goal is to have them prepared for the world, to live in the world, to be a productive member of society when I'm gone. Yeah. Like when I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm dead, if, if they can they be a good human being, and, and be productive and take care of themselves and take care of the loved ones, like, then you did your job. Let, let's talk about that, though, because I'm, I'm about to throw a monkey wrench in there. Go ahead. Right? Because, you know, uh, we've all done, you know, obviously me and you, we've done football camps, right? You go to those football mm-hmm. camps and you see little, uh, little Ray Ray. <laughs> right? Little Ray Ray out there. Ray Ray ain't nothing but, like, nine. Uh-huh. And you see those parents out there screaming and hollering, and Lil Ray Ray's gonna take care of me, right? And I just know for myself is I've done so many football camps or been to games, and I started to see those parents who are talking about Ray Ray or talking about John. John is gonna make it and leave. He's gonna take care of his mama. Right? We we look at sometimes sports in a way as an outlet. But I guess so I'm asking you, because I think you're great guests to talk about is we shortchange ourselves especially in the lower income community and i think the lower he's saying that lower income is important to stay in the same with color lower income we look for our son and daughter to make that opportunity in sports but we don't invest the same energy in the school books making sure little ray ray little john can read can write can count I'm asking you two gentlemen, why do you think that is? 
the reason why we don't invest into our children's education is because it's not as um, our neighborhoods and our, our communities don't have the infrastructure that other communities do. So they don't have the after school programs. They don't have the STEM programs as prevalent as they do in uh, other communities. Correct. Um, and there's a whole bunch of societal structure issues. As, oh, absolutely. As, as to why. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's like from the outsider perspective, from the insider perspective, uh, which is equally valid, equally important, um, is Minister Farrakhan used to actually touch on this. It's like when you look at black people in America, they don't there's no natural resource that they have here. Right. In order to develop wealth. And you talk about why some communities are more poverty stricken than others. It's because they have been denied access to uh uh having wealth in this country legislatively like mm-hmm. you talk about redlining laws you talk about all this yeah. kind of stuff and so uh he used to talk about how our athletes and our entertainers are our natural resource because wherever the culture moves is where we move or we, wherever we move is where the culture moves i'm talking about in entertainment yeah. in america right and so uh that has kind of been <clears throat> a real outlet in in our communities is you can make it like this you can do you can you can be uh, a musician. You can be an athlete. You can be an entertainer, and that has been a real pathway. Especially growing up, like mm-hmm. you say, you grew up in L.A. You, you see a lot. You probably know a lot of people that that uh, were athletes or entertainers that you know, quote unquote, made it. And I think that becomes like almost a, a viable expectation um, to, at the very least, you can pay for your own college. Like I don't have to, as a parent, pay for your own college, right? Because we're out here struggling. There, like talking about as a, as a parent, like we're out here struggling, like you can provide for yourself in that manner if you focus on your sports. And so school is like such a long game. Like mm. even if you do get a full ride as, as a, in, a, in, a, in academics, the degree in which you get, like there's no guarantee for a good steady job. Like you definitely up your chances. Don't get me wrong. You are the, the probability of you getting a, a better job with higher wages is, is way higher, but um, it's just a more win now uh, mentality, which is, which permeates our communities. And mm-hmm. so, like I said, there's a lot of different variables, yeah. but that's just kind of touching the surface of it. it's easy for me. It's easy for, it was easy for me to say like, dog, you just got to grind. Like you just got to get there. You just got to go. <laughs> like you just got to, you just got to not because that's what I did. Right. Yep. Um, but, and that, that was my mentality. I used to tell my family that I used to tell the kids that like, and it was to me irresponsible now as, as a little older man to say those kind of things, because when you're leaving out contextually, everything that I had uh, been privileged to have, uh, and this is one thing I, I preach to my kids all the time, is like, you are privileged. Like, I didn't, like, when I grew up, like, we used to, like, my mom used to send us hungry sometimes to bed. Like, we didn't have food. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are, you guys get to pick. You have options about what to have to dinner. There was never options. Whatever was there, that's what we was eating. Like, that, that's a privilege. You see these houses, like this is a privilege. I took them. I took my daughter. She's eleven years old. I took it. I took it to like some of the lower income neighborhoods in, in Houston. I was like, you see this? Like this is where your dad grew up. Like he grew up like this, and she just bewildered. She goes to a private school now. She doesn't understand. Like she didn't understand that side. And so like I'm very. I make sure she's aware that she's privileged. That's good. Um, not to shame her for her mm-hmm. position because it's not her. She was born. You giving a born, true, but yeah. a true perspective of both and, sides of the yeah, coin and the journey. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and uh, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm allowing her to see that like what her father has done, um, uh, to help bring this family 
financial trajectory into a different place. Um, but in but also in doing so, like I said, when I was when I was in the league, it was more so my mindset was like, yo, you gotta go get it. Like I don't want to hear all these fucking excuses, like y'all niggas just bitching, like that type of stuff, right? I was ne- like I was just never aware of the issues that that they faced on a day-to-day basis that can be debilitating, right? Mm-hmm. To where it's like, if I get a flat tire, I can call somebody up and it's it's fixed and it's no problem. It is, it is what it is, right? Yep. A flat tire can ruin somebody's month. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A flat tire mm-hmm. can be the difference between like gas money and food money. A yep. flat tire. Rent, so rent. When you, yep. Yeah, rent money. Yeah. So when you compile like all of the problems that are possibly out there, you compile that with all the societal pressures mm-hmm. you compile that with with the issues that people face you, like all of the generational trauma like you, you compile all of this stuff it's really easy to uh ha- not have empathy to people who are living check to check which is the majority of america right mm-hmm. and so to, to 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 answer your question it's it's you have to uh, uh, attack it with different mindsets like you it's a, it's a duality so you have to attack it from the micro which is like like i, like I tell my brother right was was he's struggling um and i'm and i was like listen i don't like this current econ- economic system that we live in but it's what we live in it's what mm-hmm. it is if you want to get to where you want to get to in this in this society you have to grind to the point where you're miserable you have to do something that nobody's willing to do. You have to do it day in and day out and be dedicated to it. And it's ugly and it's disgusting and nobody's by you and it's lonely. And you have to be unhappy. Like, that's what it is. But because if you don't, like the the freedoms and the, and the things that you want, they're just not going to be there mm-hmm. under this economic system. That's the micro, right? When you look at it from the day to day and, and, you, and you're really telling people how to, how to make it in this country or in, this, in the system. Um, but when you look at it at the macro, uh, that's when the empathy starts to come. When you start Absolutely. to throw in all of the things that 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 have transpired uh, towards people, toward legislatively, all of these things and all of these factors also factor into your individual life. Yes, it's possible for you to 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 be wealthy in America, but the probability of it is very low. low. It's very low, and so you have to understand your place in it. Yes, it's it's, it's very possible, but it's just not probable. And so you have to be, which is alludes to what we were talking about earlier. You have to be content, like with who you are as a human being. Which is when, when, when moms and dads and they struggling, or whoever's raising you, they struggling. They work on a nine to five. You don't even see them that often. They're frustrated. They don't have the time or the energy to sit here and emotionally cater to a child like like they need it, like they need to. Right? I have that luxury. But not everybody does. And so we rely on school systems. We rely on, that's why they say it takes a village. We rely on a lot of other people to help raise our kids. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a t-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there... Keep going, because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure.
Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got Andre Reed inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014. Andre Reed and the Buffalo Bills went to four consecutive Super Bowls. Andre ranks 18th in NFL history in total career receptions and 14th in NFL history in total career touchdown receptions. This process... For the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, um, back in February, February 2002, I mm-hmm. started working with a sports psychologist who who worked with golfers mainly. And we started doing the visualization and um, daily, weekly, monthly, uh, short-term, long-term, and then lifetime goals. <clears throat> right. And one of my lifetime goals I have not marked off yet 
his Hall of Fame. And um, I've always steered away from it because it's so subjective and it's a. And you should. And you should. That's that's probably the most important thing for you for you now is to just. Kind of. But but I'm I know I'm I'm doing that, but I also want to actually want to enjoy no matter what the outcome is, the process, because I've steered away from it so much that I've almost. Mm -hmm set myself up for to believe right. that I'm not, I, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that, but more of anything through your journey. Why was it special to be inducted in the process and the procedure that made mm-hmm. it such a special moment for you and your family? That's a great question. I think, uh, it's it's been seven years now, and I think every year, uh, and this is just aside from how they go about doing things, how the Hall of Fame selectors and all that kind of stuff, um, how they get to the point where they pick five guys that are the guys that they feel are worthy of induction and a bust and all that kind of stuff. And I always tell people, they like, well, who do you think should be? People ask me, well, who do you think should be the next receiver going in? And I go, well, I can't really tell you the next one. But I can tell you about three or four guys that have been waiting a while that deserve. Hmm. Um, and the process, it took me nine years. Hmm. And I retired number three, five, and seven yards, touchdown, catches of all time. And it took me nine years. So to your point, uh, Steve, I, the first three, four years I was eligible, you know, you're just like, okay, you think of it, yeah, this, this is my year no matter what. My stats say this, no, then I'm a team this, that. But it took me four years to figure out how they go about doing it. And I had to respect that, whether the, the outcome was, yes, this is your year or it's not your year. You stepped out on the field. Somebody had to. Somebody had to take. Somebody had to find you because you disrupt and you you change games. That's what a Hall of Famer to me is, hmm. and you're in that category. You, uh, Tory Holt, all the receivers that are up now are just like when me, Chris, Tim Brown. Hmm. You know, Jerry was in his own category, but me, Chris, and Tim Brown for five years took votes from each other mm. for five years. I go in, Tim, I mean, Chris goes in in 13. I go in in 14. Tim Brown goes in in 15. Mm. So there, that that's the process that I, that I'm trying to get at is that they do this regardless of who's saying something for you or not. When all 44 of those guys get in the room, they're influenced by each other, regardless if that's the guy I'm talking about or not. So the guy that's going to be representing you not only has to convince the 44 other guys, he really has to convince himself that that's I'm in here because this is my guy. And everybody, every 44, one of those guys, that's my guy. I have I'm on his behalf to make sure you guys go guys know why he should have a bronze bus that'll last 60,000 years. No doubt about it. Everybody who's on a ballot, they don't put you on a ballot if they don't think you're worthy of it. Hmm. 
I don't care how many years you played and whatever. If you're not on that, if, if you're on the ballot, you're worth. You should be a Hall of Famer. That's just my. That's why we don't have votes. Mm-hmm. They send me a ballot every year. Who do you think? And I check people off or whatever. That's not going to them writers. It's it's not going to influence what they feel and how they go about presenting, no matter what. So, right now, this is your first year of eligibility, right? Yep. Okay. So let me tell you, this is what you have. You got the holdovers. So you got Tory, Heinz Ward, uh, uh, Reggie Wayne. These guys have been in it for a while. They've been in the finals for a while. And it's kind of like it's the same process that me, Tim, and Chris Carter went through. So sooner or later, they're going to have to start breaking these, breaking everybody up. They're going to have to start breaking everybody up. And then once one goes and boom, 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 it'll be it's a domino effect almost. It'll be a domino effect. So, and then I always look at it. You look at errors, right? You look at errors. When they get in that room, they're going to look at what error they played in, what type of game was it in that error. And that's maybe, maybe one guy thinks of it that way. Maybe three other voters think of it a different way, whatever it is. But they put all you guys, they're going to put all you in a category and they're going to look at the error and they're going to look at numbers. They're going to look at playoff. They're going to look at all that stuff. But it's the one guy that says something that the other four guys or other five guys, how many it is, doesn't say. So whoever's going to be presenting you to the voters and the writers, he's got to be on his game. And he's got to say something about you that none of these other three guys got. Hmm. That's going to be the difference. You're going to get in, but what can he say about you? The same guy said something about me nine years in a row. Did you say the same thing every time? I mean, I didn't <laughs> Let's reshuffle the deck, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like, did you say something year four that you didn't say on year six or what? Where, 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 how'd you go about doing that? He brought so, that same movie script in every year, huh? Hey, we, saw, yeah. we saw this movie. I started, hey, I started writing stuff down. Said, hey, say this. <laughs> hey, you start, hey, oh, you I start, know. you started meeting with him. Hey, what we got this week? What we got this year? Hey, nah, hey, nah, hey, nah, hey, nah, hey, nah, hey, nah. Hey, hey, wait a minute, wait. Andre, you had to Google your own stats? You had to Google your own stats? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Let me no, slide this in. So I, I think, you know, the, it's such a, it's, it's a dumb, it's a dumb, excuse my, my French, it's a dumbass process. It is. Because if you were an impactful player and you showed up every game and you played, there should be no question. But that's not how they work. They don't work like that in that room on Saturday morning the day before super bowl they don't work like that i think it's going to be you're 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 going to be going against those guys that's the bottom line when when you got that jacket did it make it all worthwhile then no doubt about it man it, i wouldn't say it changed my life it just it just put a stamp it put, it, it put the stamp of approval on what i did 
Everybody else can think this and think that, whatever they want to. But this jacket means that you were great at something that a lot of people weren't. A lot of people weren't great at. That's what it means. And it just ain't any old jacket. You ain't going to go down here to Nordstrom to get one of them things. That's for sure. <laughs> so once that happens for you, will you be different? Of course. But all the people around you, family, friends, somebody had said something to you when you were in high school. Somebody said something to you in Pop Warner or whatever. That's, that's the things you think about. That all flashed before my eyes the minute I got that call. And it's it's a feeling that that I'll never ever be able to describe free. I mean, like really describe it, because at that moment, man, I just had a, like an out of body experience, and it was. Uh, and I, I mean, I thought about a lot of people. I thought about my dad because my my dad wasn't there. Mm. He wasn't there in enshrinement day. He wasn't there to see it. So those are the emotions you get. And I'm an Aquarius. I'm a very emotional person anyway. So it, um, it really put in perspective, not only you as a player, but you as a person. You as a person, man, that's the most important thing is what's in here. They can take a lot of things from you. They can't take that. That's hard to get from somebody, especially if they don't want to give it to you. Mm. It's hard to get. So it's, it's a, and I, sometimes when I'm alone, I think about it and believe it or not, bro, it just, it, it tears me up because it is, it's something you dream about. You know, you get in a, they have the gold jacket luncheon and you're in a, you're at the hall, you're in this room and there's no media. Nobody's allowed in this room. Not even if a fly got in the room, they kicking his ass out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a room with the greatest players ever a hundred of us in that room and we just talk and it's uh it's beyond any fraternity you can imagine being in so you you are i'm looking forward to you being a part of our fraternity brother for sure hey you just fucked me up man he painted the picture <laughs> didn't he i felt like i was there <laughs> These boys over here talking about, can I come? Right. Can I come to the lunch? <laughs> I, I just put a glass on the uh, on the door right there, and I just want to listen. Man. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, when you listen to Jim Brown talk, hmm. you can't help but listen to that man. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a heck of an experience, man. You'll never forget it the rest of your life. Next to your kids being born, it's a close second. Mm. Did you guys get that? It's a close second. <laughs> I go, man, Andre. Appreciate you sharing that. I mean, that was a that was a picture that I don't know that anyone else could paint, probably but you, to be able to elaborate on that. And uh, I, I know I speak for Smitty. Um, that was really really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I I respect uh, you know Steve so much as a player as a person. Every time I see him, we always laugh about things. Mm. I'm sure next time I see him, I'm going to laugh about a few things. But he is a uh, not only the consummate pro he was, but every time he stepped out on the field, you're, you're going to get your best from, from 89. And he 
he showed that every single Sunday. Um, he was a credit to the game, um, a credit to himself, his family. And uh, again, I can't wait for him to be like that. So they took an old picture and did that? No, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm just asking yeah. like how they. Pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, this is the one you get. It's made of resin, so this will last 40,000 years. Oh, okay. And the one in Canton is bronze, so it's like 60 to 80,000. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you don't mind me asking, where do you put that? Like, I mean, I know for the show you got it right there. But yeah, like, I put it here. I have downstairs. I put it on a just a mantle by itself. Have you ever, like, you know, not, not calling you out, but you ever kind of walk down the hall and, you know, you're having a. I peek at him, or no, not peek at him, but it's like you you forget he there, and he, he no, he's, <laughs> you think so? You think it's a true like hey hey, <laughs> you over there be like hey ninja hey right. hey 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 no oh no that's just hall, me that's know? just me hey you walk down the hall look at it and you go who is that and then you have to go back and you have to go back and look again and make sure yeah but it's 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 coming brother I mean my. You know, guys like John Randall and and uh, guys that already been in the hall three or four years before I was there were like, just has, have patience. You know, patience is a virtue. It's really hard. My dad taught me that. It's hard to have patience, especially in this world. It's hard to be a patient person because everybody wants it right now. Give that now, 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 now. Patience is a virtue, man. Mm-hmm. And when that patience, that pays off, it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. It was all worth it. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson, and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton.
we're about to let you know It's on At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary We believe that every sport should be epic Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play From the moments that are legendary To the ones that fly under the radar See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.